Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Asset Allocation Weekly Report dated February 26, 2021. I'm Phil Adler and I'm speaking with Confluence Investment Management Chief Market Strategist Bill O'Grady. Today, we return to the subject of inflation and discuss the possible impact on the economy and the stock market using a fresh set of numbers. And uh, Bill, your focus today is on the 10-year Treasury note. The market's been focusing on the note recently. The note has experienced a run-up in yields lately. Why is the 10-year note such a useful measure of inflation? And how does it compare to other measures like, like, say, the Consumer Price Index? The 10-year T-note does reflect inflation, but also economic growth. In general, the yield should reflect the yearly change in nominal GDP. And so as the economy recovers and inflation rises, it would make sense for the 10-year yield to rise as well. Well, looking at the 10-year note, what is the latest? Well, the yields exceeded uh, 1.30%, which is well off its lows made during the depths of the downturn. Are you surprised by the strength of the recent rise in the 10-year yield? Well, yes and no. Yes, because the rise in yield has occurred faster than we expected, but no, because the yield has been mired below our estimate of fair value. And how do you measure fair value? What data do you use? Well, we use a regression model. There are two key variables to the model, Fed funds and inflation expectations. Fed funds, or the policy rate, acts as an anchor for all interest rates. Inflation expectations are more difficult. We use the 15-year average of inflation as a proxy based on Milton Friedman's notion that inflation expectations are built over a long period of time. We also use oil prices, which tend to be a popular measure of inflation. And then to round out the model, we use the ENDS exchange rate, German bond yields, and the fiscal deficit. Currently, the fair value yield on the model is 1.42% based off its calculation. Well, we'll get back to that fair value number a little bit later in our uh, in our discussion. But let's address for now the, the question of risk to the economy if the 10-year yield continues to rise. We know that there is a direct connection between the 10-year yield and mortgage rates. How much does housing contribute to our overall economic health? Now, that's a real interesting question. Residential construction relative to the economy averages about 4.6%. So it's not a huge part of the economy. Housing is a good indicator of the business cycle, however, and it is important to household wealth, especially for the less affluent. Mortgage rates are near extreme lows currently, and housing demand is high. How much is demand driven by limited supply, and how much does it depend on low rates? Well, it, demand is less sensitive to supply, but very sensitive to home prices, the level of income, and mortgage rates. Incomes have been lifted by transfer payments, which will eventually slow. Home prices have been very strong, probably too strong, and this increase needs to slow to stabilize the market. Rising supply, in other words, new home building, would be helpful in this regard as well. And keeping mortgage rates under control uh, is, is also an element of this, too. At what point would rising rates have a painful impact on housing affordability? Well, when we modeled out the data, assuming steady incomes and home prices, 100 basis point rise in rates reduces the affordability index by about nine points. That outcome is not favorable, but it's far from catastrophic. 
Would you say a 2% 10-year yield is the cutting off point above which you'd have significant concerns about housing affordability? Well, I'd be concerned, but other conditions matter too. We are not seeing the same degree of leverage that we saw in the last housing bubble, but it may have an adverse effect on home prices, which would negatively impact consumer sentiment. How likely is a 2% 10-year yield in the coming months? Well, if the market's left to its own devices, it's pretty likely. But the Fed has made signals that it might intervene to prevent a rapid rise in long-duration rates. Rising interest rates also impact the stock market. Explain what happens. Well, rising rates have two negative effects on equities. The first it is that it depresses multiples, PE multiples. And second, higher interest rates eventually hurt economic growth. At what point are we on the worry scale? When might rising rates have a significant impact on earnings? The worry is less about earnings than the multiple. In fact, part of the reason interest rates are rising is on expectations of stronger economic growth. We would need to see rates rise enough to hurt economic growth, and that appears to be a long way off. Earnings are not the only reason for stock market strength, certainly. Do you think liquidity currently overshadows earnings as a stock market influencer? It's a very deep question. I think that liquidity does matter more than earnings. And we know that the financial system has ample liquidity. But what we don't know is what people intend to do with that liquidity. We think equities will get some of those flows. We mentioned the 2% yield threshold, which appears to be approaching. Now, at what point might the Federal Reserve step in to, to try to contain interest rates? Well, unfortunately, that too is uncertain. But if the pattern over the past 10 years is a reflection of policy, it is either when the 10-year yield reaches 2% or financial stress rises. It's important to remember that the Fed has been in the business of volatility suppression. What steps might the Fed consider? Well, the most radical step would be full yield curve control, which the Fed executed during the Second World War. In that situation, the Fed pegged interest rates from the overnight level to 10 years to facilitate Treasury borrowing for the war effort. What are the downsides of potential yield curve control by the Fed? Well, you would be taking away the most effective market constraint on policy stimulus. Shorting long-duration bonds is one of the tools investors can use when their fear policy has become inflationary. It would also short-circuit the market signaling process to policymakers. It would become very difficult to know when they've overdone it. That doesn't mean that investors would lack other avenues. Precious metals and related equities be an alternative. We would suspect the Fed would also have to cap the tips market. But if they didn't, that might work okay as well. So your conclusion on inflation right now is be watchful, but no current reason for any alarm regarding the stock market? Yes. Or to put it another way, we have conditions in place that will likely lead to excessive overvaluation in asset prices, but we think we are still in the early stages of that overvaluation. Thank you, Bill. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. We wish to state that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Epner.